to America to preach the gospel, and that's marvelous. I told my very first teaching or sermon that I gave here, my testimony was, I got saved in South Africa when a, an American preacher went to South Africa, and I got saved through an American. So I'm just giving back seeds here. Yeah, praise God. It's amazing how God works. So, okay, the wise of life. This is Palm Sunday. I remember doing last year, um, and on the bulletin here, you ask the question, why did Jesus come? That's what we're looking at today, Palm Sunday. I mean, this is great. Um, very beautiful, and this makes so much sense now because the whole week while I was preparing, God was saying to me, bring the people to the cross, and I didn't understand, and I was thinking, okay, bring him to the stage, and he was, no, take them to the cross while I'm preparing, and didn't make sense, but yesterday when we came for our men's meeting and the video that the men watched together, there was the cross, and I was, oh, now, thank you, could you not just have told me that there will be a cross in the building? I'm trying to figure out what are you trying to say the Lord speaks in code sometimes. So bring the people to the cross. So that's what we're going to do today. So we're going to look at the why of Jesus coming. Why did he come? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why, why did he come? He's God. Why, why did he need to come? So in the Bible, there are many, many verses or many, many statements that clarify why he came. So if you just want to go strictly according to what the Word says, 1 Peter 5, it, it speaks about Jesus coming, uh, and, and then another verse says that he came so that he might destroy the works of the enemy. That's why he came. He came to, and, and I did a teaching on this already, so I'm not going to do it again, but the first work of the enemy, Adam and Eve in the garden, God comes in and says, why did you eat? And Adam says it's her fault, Eve says it's his fault. Jesus came to destroy that. So are you still pointing your finger at other people when you do wrong? Stop it. Because he came to destroy the works of the enemy. That's the enemy. Why did you do it? Well, it's your fault. You, the woman you gave me. And she's blaming everyone else. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. Stop pointing the finger. Okay? Jesus says himself, I am the bread of life. Man shall not live by bread alone. There's another reason why he came. He's our food. You fast one meal, man, you know that you're getting hungry. You fast one day, you know, and Jesus is the same. We can't fast him. He's the bread of life. He says, I came not to do my will, but to do the will of the Father. So there's so many reasons, just in Scripture alone, that we take out why Jesus came. Today we're going to look at it from a little bit of a different angle. Um, as I say, last year I preached this Sunday on Palm Sunday, and I did a message about that. The year before was Easter. You can only do the Easter and the Palm Sunday so many years, and Christmas. And Christmas is a little different because you can tell the Christmas story, and, you know, people expect that. So for all the visitors that came maybe expecting a traditional Palm Sunday message, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not today. We're going to look at this from a completely different perspective or point of view, and we're going to look at why did Jesus come, the life of Jesus, why did he come? You know, so many people now in the body of Christ have gone to heaven and come back. There are a lot of people, they're DVDs, people that have gone, they tell their story, what heaven is like, and when they speak about heaven, you just want to go. It's like, oh my goodness, that sounds so amazing, you know? 
And they come and they tell you different aspects of heaven and what they saw in heaven and so on. And it's so amazing. So then you ask yourself, why did Jesus leave that? It's one thing to leave that perfect place and then just to go away for a while and then come back. You know, he left. But he didn't just leave and come back. He, he came to earth. So now it makes it even much more, wow, he left heaven and he came to earth. Not, not just that. He came to be like you and I. My goodness, he leaves heaven to be like you and I. Who in their right mind? Why? There's something then so significant about him. Not just leaving and going back. You know, I can leave my house and I can go somewhere else for a while and go back to my house. I left the house. Jesus didn't just leave heaven. He became one of us. And the Bible says very clearly, not only did he become one of us, but the death that he died, he became a servant, and the death on the cross, I mean, wow, there, there must be something so special, so unique, something so moving behind the mind of Christ that he would leave all of that to come down here and do all of that. Yes, to destroy the works of the devil. He's the bread of life. But today we're going to look at another aspect of why he did all of that. We want to answer when we leave that door this, this morning. Wow, I didn't maybe think about that. That's another, it's not written in there specifically, but goodness me, that's amazing. He actually came for that reason. And that's what we're going to look at today in the 25 minutes that we have. Okay, so Jesus came for all those reasons, but he came for another reason. He came because you are so valuable. That's the reason. doesn't say it in the Bible, he came because you are valuable, but that, that, that's the meaning behind the life of Jesus, to come and redeem you and I back to the Father. He came because you, sitting in that chair where you are right now, Irregardless of how you feel about yourself, irregardless of all the bad and the evil that you've done, or irregardless of all the good and the marvelous things you have done, Jesus came because you are fantastic. You are valuable. You are amazing. You are so special. That's why Jesus came. So today when we leave this place, you're going to know how amazing you are because God, through the service, is going to reveal to you why he came, why he left heaven, came to be like one of us, went to the cross. It's because of you and I. So just words here that I was looking up. Jesus came because you are breathtaking. Jesus came because you are awe-inspiring. Jesus came because you are magnificent. Jesus came because you are wonderful. You are amazing. You are staggering. You're imposing. You're impressive. That's why Jesus came. Because of you. He left everything. He left his father's side, the angels, everything in heaven to win you and I back. That's why Jesus came. That's why, you know, it's called Palm Sunday and the triumphant entry into, into Jerusalem. 
Why would he do that knowing he's going to the cross? Knowing that these people throwing down the palm branches, shouting Hosanna to the king, are the very same people who next week are going to throw stones and say crucify him. Why would you do that? Because of the worth that he sees in you and I every day. That's why he did it. So we're going to look at just a piece of scripture here. Um, can we have that, Mr. Puccio, that um, slide that I've tried to get up and do my best to get it on the computer? In school, I, I always have to preface in South Africa because when I talk about school and I say certain things, people say, what kind of a school did you go to? It sounds like a prison. It sounds like army. That's ridiculous. So in school in South Africa, we would get a lot of homework assignments and we would have to summarize large quantities of work and then you'd write a test upon your summary. So we're going to look here at the genealogy of Jesus through the eyes of Matthew. So Matthew, I think, was a very good student in maybe economy and maybe math because he was a tax collector. But I think things like history and geography, he did not do very well. So I, I see Matthew as one going to school and the rabbi would say, okay, today everyone is going to write a summary of the whole Old Testament, starting from Adam, and you're going to summarize the whole scripture up until the birth of this man who they call Jesus. So we're going to check out Matthew's amazing 15-verse summary. Matthew's my kind of man. I, I see how Matthew went to school, how he did it, because I did the same as Matthew. So there's like 1,000, 4,000 years of history in 14 verses. There is so much crammed into that. Matthew is the master of summary. So we're going to read here just a little bit quickly these four, 14 verses, 15 here, the genealogy of Jesus Christ. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abram. Now, most of us would read this when you want to fall asleep at night. Your sleep pills are not working. The soft music next to the bed is not doing it. So you open the Bible like in Chronicles and so begot so and so and he begot so and he and you out. But we miss so much because the Bible is so amazing. You can't read not one verse in the Bible and not get such revelation out of that if you really dig in and go and see what that says. So let's fly through here. And excuse my, the way I pronounce, I've got Taiwanese in me, South African and African, not American yet. So it may be a little bit different than how you would say it. But Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, Jacob begot Judah, his brothers Judah, Perez, Zerah, by Tamar, Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram, Ram begot Aminadab, Aminadab, Nashon, Nashon begot Salmon, Salmon, Boaz, by Rahab, Boaz begot Obed, by Ruth, Obed begot Jesse, Jesse begot David the king, David the king begot Solomon, by her who had been the wife of Uriah, Solomon begot Rehobium, Rehobium begot Abijah, Abijah begot Asa, Asa begot Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat begot Joram, Joram Uzziah, Uzziah Jotham, Jotham Ahaz, Ahaz Hezekiah, Hezekiah Manasseh, Manasseh Amon, Amon Josiah, Josiah 
Coniah, his brothers, about the time where they were carried away to Babylon. After they were brought back from Babylon, Jeconiah begot shh, that person. That person begot Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel begot Abuid, Abuid, Eliakim, Eliakim, Azor, Azor, Zadok, Zadok, Akim, Akim, Eliud, Eliud, Eleazar, Eleazar, Matin, Matin begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So Matthew summarizes the whole Old Covenant in 14 verses. So when we go and dig a little bit in here, why did Jesus come? Why does it say, verse 16, And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was called Christ. Why did Jesus come? Why the whole lineage? Why start right from the beginning and go through everyone and so-and-so begot so-and-so? And when you go and look at their lives... And you look at everything that happened during the time of these people. And you see this perfect, most beautiful Jesus being born. It's a miracle that God could work through all of that mess to get the perfect Jesus here. So that the perfect Jesus could come after you and me. That's why Jesus came. And today we're going to come to the cross and we're going to drop our trash and we're going to give it to God. But if you go through, we don't have time, so we're not going to do all of this. But, you know, just in here, there are five women. There are five women. And out of the five women, there's just one who is a chaste virgin, virgin, virgin from the tribe of David, the house of David. I mean, if you go and read, you start there in the beginning, you go with Tamar. And you go read in Genesis what happened with Tamar. Getting her dad drunk. Having intercourse with her dad. Their children being born. You go down, you go and you can go through all of these. You go through Rahab. Because what's amazing is you read later in the Bible, you go to the, the hall of fame of faith. Chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews. And you read about these amazing men of the Bible. By faith, Abraham did this. By faith, so-and-so did this. By faith, and it's like, man, this is, wow, what an amazing chapter. These people are awesome. By faith, Rahab, the harlot. Wow. Goodness me. She was in the lineage of Jesus, a prostitute. You see, Jesus is not bent out of shape because of what you did. Jesus is not looking down upon you, looking and counting every wrong thing you do. Because if he were, he would not come. That lineage alone says that he's just amazing. Because to come through all of that, now we go to King David. And he sleeps with someone who's somebody else's wife, has that guy murdered. I mean, you can go on and on and on through that lineage. Now, that's not even the other kings. You can come and you go through different kings and what they did. And, you know, for, for time's sake, we don't. But, I mean, here are kings, what they did. It's just amazing. Um, Uzziah reigned for 52 years. And when he was in control, he was a good king. 
and Israel did well, and everything was going good. He was a master at war, and, and he made weapons, finances, prosperity came back to the country. For 52 years he reigned. It was a good time for Israel, but pride entered into him. He went into the temple, and he put the priests and the law aside, and he started giving incense to the Lord instead of the priests doing that. He got leprosy. During his reign, he had to stop being a king because of his leprosy. He had to get kicked out from the normal people from wherever he was, and he had to live by himself because he had leprosy, and his son had to take over. There are other kings that started reigning who burnt their own sons to the God of fertility, burning their own children. This, this is the kings of God. Yet God worked with people and through all of that so that we can read Jesus who was born came through all of that. You know, I hear so many times when you, do, when you, when you pray for someone, you hear people say, well, you know my family, my, my father did this and this is in my family, my grandfather runs in the family. Talk about a family line that, that, that junk runs in. But Jesus came. And we don't have that excuse anymore because Jesus came. So yes, David did this. Uriah did this. Bathsheba, yes, 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 Tamar. And you can go on. There, there are people, I mean, for time's sake we won't go, but you go and read through that history that Matthew just quickly in 14 verses condensed. It's phenomenal. And Jesus worked with man while not even being a man yet, God working with man so that Jesus could come to get you and I, so that that and what you have done in your life, it doesn't matter in the eyes of Jesus because of the cross, because of him coming, leaving heaven, going to the cross to win you and I back. That's why he came. That's how amazing you are. He came because you're a hero. He came to give you back your hero status. Because you were called, you were in him before sin was. He knew what was going to happen, but he never changed his mind when whatever happened, happened. Because he still sees the value in you of who you truly are. He doesn't judge you by your works. He judges you by his perfect plan, which is his hands in your mother's womb, creating you to be here right now. That's why he came. So he goes through all of that and then he says, and Jesus came at the end of that. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what sin you've done, no matter what sin, there's proof that sin is not the issue. It's how we see ourselves in Christ and how Christ sees us. That's the issue. And he came back so that you and I can have the perfect vision of ourselves the way that he sees us. Because if you do not see yourself the way Jesus sees you, life is not going to work and the enemy will be able to lie to you. And that's just not right. We have to see ourselves as heroes. And that's not a pompous, arrogant, you are somebody's hero. You were sent here to earth to fix a problem to be a worshiper like no one else can worship, to be a child that can express your love for him like nobody else can. You're a hero in his eyes. You know why some people are morning people and some people are night owls? 
You know why? Because Jesus wanted 24 hours a day. He wanted somebody awake at that time so that he could talk and have conversation and, and, and share things with them. Can you imagine if everyone were morning people and everyone sleep at night, who's he going to talk to? So he's like, okay, I'm going to make so that you can wake up so early in the morning and you are awake in the morning and you enjoy morning. And then when you go and sleep and I prepare the next day for you while you're sleeping, I'm going to have you stay up and I'm going to talk to you while I'm busy preparing you and the angels are fixing your path for tomorrow. You and I are going to have conversation and you are going to worship me. And that's why some of us are so different because he wants someone there all the time that can sing and worship and praise and thank and honor and bless He doesn't want to be without us. That's why we're so different. Even in worship today, see how people worship different? And God's looking at everyone saying, that's great, that's great, that's great. Because there's a piece of him in every one of us in the way that we worship. He's just that big. He's just that great. So talking about this hero status, uh, in in our bulletins here, we've all seen there in the top right corner, in fond remembrance of Shane Brown. So for the guests that are here, please excuse our house here while we we have a little bit of family uptake to do here. Shane, as you can read, has gone to be with the Lord, which is terrible. It's so sad. It's so amazing. What a man of God. What a life. What a destiny. What a call upon him. Didn't finish his race. He's gone to be with Jesus. His torment is over. But Shane would tell you today, he would want you to know that you need to live your life like a hero. Because Shane was amazing. What a man. But Shane didn't always see himself as the hero that he was. And the enemy could come and lie to Shane or to anyone who doesn't see yourself the way the Lord sees you. And you can talk to anyone about Shane and they will say the most amazing things. And Shane didn't always see himself that way. When he was the greeter, he would stand there and people would come in church and they'd say, who's that guy by the door? And I'd say, what guy? The one with a smile. Oh, uh, that's Shane. Didn't even have to ask because he would stand there. He's got such a gentle heart and he would greet people and they'd come in. Who's that guy at the door? That's Shane. And Shane was a hero. He is a hero. I'll tell you, my son is four years old. Oh, Jesus. My son's heroes are Uncle Artem. And Uncle Wes, and Uncle Dre, and Uncle Shane. He's four years old. These men are his heroes. And he doesn't care where they came from, what they did. Peyton Manning is not his hero. Aaron Rodgers is not my son's hero. These guys are his heroes. Uncle Shane was his hero. He's been to one wedding in his life. It was Uncle Jay and Auntie Kim's wedding. It was a great day for Nathan because he could see all of his heroes. He could see Auntie Kim, and it didn't help that he could have cookies and ice cream as well. (laughs) But these are his heroes. And to someone else, maybe it doesn't look that big, but that boy is my life. So whoever is his hero, it means so much to me. And he can't wait when they come to our house and they sit around our table and they have food and Uncle Jay and Uncle Shane and Uncle Dre and Wes, these guys are coming. And you are somebody's hero. That's why Jesus came to give you back, give you back your hero ship. 
Because things happen in life and we believe the enemy and he steals from us. That's what he does. Steals, kills and destroys. But Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. And if you read through that, the kingdom was split because one king wanted too much tax and they lost their sovereignty and the Syrians came and take over and it, it, it was so close that the people of God were no more. But God kept it going. God kept it alive. And you read about all the wicked and the evil and in the next verse, but then this king came and he did good in the eyes of the Lord and the Lord blessed them. And God worked through all of that mess so that Jesus could come. So that through all of your and my mess, Jesus can come and he can clean that away and he can make you the hero that you're supposed to be to others. That's why. Jesus came. God showed me this. He wants us to do this today. And this is why the cross makes so much sense now. If you are in here and you're carrying something that God does not want you to carry, like we do with communion, we're going to line up here and we're going to walk this way and you're going to throw it down there at the cross. That's what God said. I don't care if there's one person or a hundred. But you're going to stand up and we're going to do it. And it's not to embarrass you, but it's your day to say to the enemy, I'm not going to wear the label or the thing that you are putting upon me anymore. I'm leaving it today. Palm Sunday, the victory Sunday that Jesus wrote in, I'm leaving that at the cross. And I'm coming to you because you are gentle and you are kind and your burden is light. And I'm going to throw off of me what I'm not supposed to be carrying. And I'm going to take the yoke that you have for me because I know it's easy and I can do that. So you could be here and you could be, we spoke about it today and even in the song. You could be ashamed about something. Shame is not of God. And you can be here and you can say you have no idea what I did. You have no idea about the blood. Shame is not of God. Guilt, condemnation, that is not of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he wants you to get rid of it. But you can also be sitting here and you can think that, why me? I'm just me. No, you're not just you. You are the one he hung on the cross for. And you may think that you're not a hero, but you need to retain your hero status today again. You need to come and you need to drop the wrong vision of yourself at that cross and you need to pick up the vision that Jesus Christ carries for you so that you can put your head up high and start being the person, the husband, the father, the man, the mom, the woman, the brother, the sister that God has called you to be. And if you don't walk around knowing that you're a hero, you're going to act like someone who's not a hero and all the time you are. That's why Jesus came. Because you are just so amazing. To work through all of that prostitution, killing, sleeping with family, making people drunk. It's sick. It's horrendous. It's the enemy. But God put that aside and he said, I've got a greater plan. No matter what the enemy can do to you and in your life and how bad and evil it seems, I'm greater. My plan cannot be stopped. If you will just have one thing, faith in my goodness, it cannot be stopped. So I want you, if you're carrying something that you should not be carrying, 1 Peter 5, God resists the proud, 
Don't be prideful. He answered, I'm, I'm okay. I can answer. No, give it away today. He gives grace to the humble. Let's be humble. Line up here in front of everyone and say, today, on this Palm Sunday, I'm getting rid of this. I'm dropping it at the cross. Come and line up here, please. Get ready so we can become who God wants us to be. Something that's bugging you. If you have fear, if you're carrying fear, if you're carrying anger, if there's anything on you that you're carrying that you know is not of God, we're going to get rid of that now, today, and we're going to drop it at the cross. When you get there, whatever it is, no one has to know. You can just say as you walk by, Jesus, I give this to you now. It's not mine anymore. Because he says he is our caretaker. So if he takes care of me, I do not need to take care of myself. If he has my future in his mind and his hands, I don't have to worry about the future. Anything that is bogging you down, that is holding you back, that is heavy upon your shoulders, whether it's sin, whether it's a feeling, an emotion, a lie, whatever it is, just walk by as the music plays and just drop it there by the feet of Jesus. Let's go. Thank you, Jesus. Just give it to him, whatever it is. Just tell him, this is yours. I give it to you. Thank you, Lord. quite a lot of people so God knows what it is you don't have to say when I was five years old I stole this I just drop it there and walk by he knows exactly what you're giving to him
Wash me, what is snow? 